Legend has it that a creature exists in the Honey Island Swamp in southern Louisiana. By all accounts, it seems to be a Sasquatch with one major difference. Three webbed toes. You're listening to the Mysterious Bruce Podcast, and tonight we bring you the case of the Honey Island Swamp Monster. Welcome to a deep, dark, dank, moist, but most importantly, I'm struggling. Boy, you you screwed that up so bad. Oh. There you go. Right by the mic. Makes all our <laughs> listeners happy. <laughs> Just, I wonder if that oh. one star lady's still listening. I don't know. Um, We ask that damn near every week. Dude, it's like, this is probably day 75 straight of rain. Like, Remember that one day? Yeah, when it rained? No, that one day when the sun came out, oh. like today. It did come out for a little while, but... That's not bad. No, that ain't bad. Um, it's not as... It's not got the bite at the end. Yeah, you're right. So today, we don't really have... We don't have any five-star reviews. That's sad. We don't have anything. We do have uh, three Patreons now... That's super awesome. We appreciate every one of all three of you. Um, if you would like, to, if you find it in the kindness of your, your giving heart, if you want to support us on Patreon, that would be great. Uh, just go to Patreon, Google Patreon.com slash Mysterious Brews. Mysterious Brews. And as Coach was speaking, we got our fourth Patreon, Mr. George Collins, out nice. west. In the Northwest, hit us up with the equipment tier. Nice. Yes. So we're up to forty dollars, Mister George Collins. And probably, I'm assuming he listened to la- the last episode. We took a week off from my competition. Sorry about that, but jujitsu is life. And um, our uh, what's that guy's name? Kaveki. Whatever his name yeah. is. Matthews. Matthews, yeah. We did a, my my mic is just screwing up, man. I don't know what's going on. But we're uh we're working on it. We are we have the equipment picked out at the very least. Uh good stand and a good mic, like a little actual real looking We're little, we're trying to get professional. Yeah, man, it we will it will definitely be an upgrade. So once we get enough to do that, we will certainly improve and hopefully you won't have to hear that clicking noise anymore sorry about that but no five-star reviews and we did ask for people to ask us questions if we were going to do an ask us anything little mini episode but yeah we had the two questions but right before we get to that um miss joyce brandon is one of our patreon patrons and she is from the great state of illinois alexis illinois and uh, jesus christ just give out her damn address or something Oh, well, it's <laughs> six, four. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> if her re- If her address somehow really starts with... It didn't. Like, nowhere near. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking pucker. Like, oh, shit. Like, uh, no, she's awesome, man. She shares, um, she shares our posts. She gets excited. She's a real fan, man. That's fucking amazing. We appreciate every single solitary listen, but... She's awesome. And Miss Clickenbeard, we still, you know, we really appreciate you putting your foot in our ass to make us start that Patreon page. Yeah, because what happens if, I'll tell you this much, 
when that Patreon hits a million dollars, I'm buying her a car. So what? y'all start contributing. <laughs> tell your brothers, tell your friends, <laughs> whatever car she wants. But uh, yeah, we 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 mentioned last week, last episode that we were going to do like an ask us anything type thing, and we got two whole questions. So instead of doing a mini episode, we're gonna uh we're gonna go ahead and cover those right now. Uh, Miss 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 Brandon asked us, can you tell us the story behind deuces? And then two, do either of you have any unexplained mystery experiences of your own? Two very wonderful questions, and we actually have answers for both of those. Deuces, I have nothing to fucking do. <laughs> so, uh, well, Mr. Arlo, if you'd like to go ahead and so disclose. the Deuces story comes from a young man that happened to be in class, and he was one of those that didn't do his work, but he didn't disrupt class, and so. There was a loudmouth female student in there that no one liked. And any time someone said something to her, she would make it known for everybody in the class and everybody walking down the hall to know that she was bigger and badder and all this. Well, this other young man had finally had enough of it one day, and she was on a rant about how she was going to do this and she was going to do that. And he finally went off on her. I mean, called her everything in the book. And so... There's the whole shock value that he's actually speaking on top of. He is just hammering her with cold, hard facts. So basically, about, he just had enough of her yes, bullshit. Yes, he did. He ran out of fucks to give. Yes, he did. And he stood up, pointing fingers and everything, as he's preaching to her. And everybody's like, man ain't wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're loud, but you ain't wrong, sir. <laughs> and so finally, he gets to the end of his tirade. And he said, and that's all I've got. Fuck you, deuces, I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) So that's where deuces comes from. Well, I'm glad we adopted it. I mean, you got to have a calling card and, you know, it's a good way to end it very abruptly. Just kind of instead of rambling on like we do. So in the second part, go ahead if you have anything you want to add to that second part. Do you have any? I touched on not my personal. I don't have anything personal paranormal. Is that what you asked? unexplained mystery slash yeah now me and my i will share personally my wife and i were traveling to oh yeah fuck yeah i remember that orangeburg south carolina when we first got married i would get tickets to the practice rounds of the masters and so the only hotel room big money practice rounds yeah that's big money i'm sure she enjoyed the hell out of that oh she did yeah, that (laughs) that one time we went and didn't take an umbrella and had to spend eighty dollars on a master's umbrella it was great anyway um, so we're going to Orangeburg. That's the closest town that we can find a hotel room in. And so we drive in the middle between Augusta and Orangeburg. There is nothing. Yeah, that's typical down there. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, there's these lights that we see off in the distance and through the pine trees. And it kind of comes over the road kind of hovers a little bit and then goes to the left side of the road and it comes back across and it kind of these lights kind of toyed with us for a good i'd say 10 minutes and about four minutes into it she is losing her fucking mind and then just as easily as we saw it it kind of drifted off to one side and we never saw it again but to be honest with you, for the next 30 minutes that we drove to our hotel room, we were both wide-ass awake, no coffee needed. Yeah, that's spooky shit, man. 
So, uh, yours? Well, I have a couple. I have one experience that I want to touch on. Um, when I was dating my wife, I lived in my hometown, but not at my mom's house because I, I was trying to impress my girlfriend at the time, so I needed to get my own place. Um, I lived in a buddy of mine's house. He was he li- he was living in Alabama, but he had a home in my hometown. And sadly, very tragically, his mother, um, when we were in eighth grade, his mother perished in a plane crash. It was a prop plane, and uh, her and her new husband were flying to a Tennessee Volunteer game, and the plane crashed, and they unfortunately perished. Ironically, that year, uh, they were traveling to the Tennessee-Florida game, and that was the only game Tennessee lost that year. Yeah, it's like Peyton Manning's senior year. Um... Anyway, so I'm living there, and um, I am completely alone. I know that I'm alone in this house. It is a very nice house, but I am alone. My roommates are not there, and nobody lived upstairs. So I'm playing a PlayStation 2 or PlayStation 3, maybe right as it came out. But um, next thing, I'm sitting there alone in my bedroom, and I hear a door slam with authority. Like, the unmistakable sound of, boom, just slamming door. I got up, ran into the living room, and dude, there's nobody there. There's no one there. I know what door it was. It was the door from the garage leading into the kitchen. I heard it. I ran, I opened it, looked in, out, there's nothing. Nobody there. So, I'm thinking it was a ghost. And I don't really believe in ghosts that much. But it was a haint. But, <laughs> I mean, I guess I do. I don't know. I guess I have to. I, I do a, I do a mysterious podcast, so. you okay. got to believe a and little bit. The second thing I'm going to tell you, it happened. This week. This Yeah, this past week. Um, But there was a, a another incident that happened a few months ago that I'll talk about, too. I've experienced three glitches in the Matrix. Three. Two of them were about two to three months ago, and they happened on the same day, okay? And glitches in the Matrix are just, if you don't know what they are, it's just something that just doesn't add up. It's just not right. Something changes, and it doesn't make any sense. So I played the lottery. My wife hates it, but I played the lottery. About two months ago, I had a $15 ticket in my visor. I go to the convenience store. I take it out. I go in, I cash it for more tickets, I scratch the tickets, and I win a free ticket on one of them. So I reach up to put it back in my visor in my car, and there's a $15 ticket in the visor. It is the same type of ticket. I didn't have to, but suddenly there's another one there. That I'm like, what the fuck is that about? <laughs> so I go home, and the, the convenience store is on my way home from work. So it's like a mile and a half to my house. I get to my house. I come inside and I see my dog's water bowl is empty. And they're thirsty. They're begging for water. So I go to the sink. I fill up a large glass of water. Turn the water off. Turn around. And the bowl is full. Completely full of water. Same day. Same, like within five minutes of each other. Less than five minutes. I was like, what the actual fuck? I know for a fact the bowl was empty. I'm going to bed. Like, right I know for a fact. And then this past week, I teach special needs students, very special needs, moderately disabled students. So I have to teach them life skills. So in my classroom, I have a washer dryer. 
Okay. The next door, the classroom next door is the cosmopolitan class where they do hair and all that stuff. Well, they use a bunch of towels. So it's a, you know, it's a reciprocal thing. They need the towels washed. I need to teach them how to do laundry. So we wash the towels for them. We load, me and one of my students with Down syndrome, load the, load the towels up in the washing machine. I teach, I show them how to put the stuff in there, turn the machine on, the clothes wash. I take them to lunch. We come back. There's no sound of the washer. So I'm like, okay, cool, they're done. We eat lunch, we throw it away, and I'm like, all right, let's go put the towels in the dryer. Oh, we checked the dryer when we put the clothes in the washer. There were a few towels in a, in a pair of clothes in the dryer, but they were dry. So I grabbed them, I put them on top of the dryer. I said, we'll fold these when these, these towels are done. And then I start the washer. Okay, we go to lunch, do all that. The, the, the washer's off. So we go and we open the washer. There are no towels in this washer. None. And the clothes that I had put on top of the dryer were now in the dryer. The fuck? And, like, my student with Down syndrome, who is not very verbal, he speaks very limited words, looks at me and goes, we're towel. Yeah. So even he knew. Something was up. Something was not right. Yeah. That, that shit happened, like, five days ago. And I, I still don't know. I asked the cosmopolitan teacher. I was like, "Did you give me a towel?" She's like, "No, I didn't get any. I didn't send anybody to get towels." I'm like, "You gave me towels though, right?" She's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Where are those towels?" No idea. The fuck? I I don't know, man. So, those are my stories. I know we're going a little long before we start talk about the case, but and sorry about that. But that just that shit freaked me. The I was freaked out the whole rest of the day. That would have freaked me the fuck out about the towels. And bad. It's so stupid. Like. If you're going to have a glitch in the Matrix, have a glitch in my fucking bank account. Yeah. Don't fucking, don't have the Cosmos steal towels from me. <laughs> yeah. Hey, fuck with him. He's not looking. Like, I mean, seriously. So that's definitely the strangest things I've experienced. I wish I could tell you I've seen Bigfoot. But I haven't. I wish I had too. I don't want to. I do, but I don't. You know what I mean? I know I'm going to be scared shitless. And if my wife's with me. She's going to know just how big of a... Coochie. Uh, um, uh, well, I don't want to say sissy. All right, so let's get into the case. But So even though... Before we do that, the beer of the week... Oh, shit, yeah. ...comes from the great state of Louisiana. How the hell we forget about that? And it is Abita Brewing Company's newest... Well, I wouldn't say newest. One of their newer uh, beers, and it is Hop On... It is a juicy pale ale. Which are just like buzzwords, man. Yeah. And what the fuck is juicy about it? Just because it's fucking hazier than normal? That's gonna, basically all it says. Well, you, 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 and there's three different hops. Yeah, like... Yeah. And I cannot believe how many people, how many breweries have jumped on this fucking seltzer thing. God, I know! Like, Sweetwater's doing it now? Monday Night Jekyll? Like... Craft breweries are yes. doing a seltzer. Fucking stupid. But you know what's not stupid? Making a shit ton of money wow, selling true. seltzer. So we can be critical all we want. But if the fucking shit selling, like White Claws are fucking super popular. Well, so were Zimas and Jolly Ranchers. 
Bruh. <laughs> that was that was actually my okay, one more little sidebar. That was actually my first alcoholic beverage. A Zima? That I ever had was a Zima. My sister had them. And I stole one. You know, she had a six pack, I stole one. There's five left. You never know. No. Um and no bullshit. I was in sixth grade. And I had to I had to mix it with a Sprite because it was just too strong. Just too too much for you. It was just too strong. I was sitting there playing my Nintendo and Shit. thinking I was super cool. I was in the eighth grade working at a pizza place, drinking beer out of the keg in the cooler. I wish mine was that cool. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, all right. All right. So, so to the case, Batman. Tonight we are talking about the Honey Island Swamp Monster. And depending on how you research, where you research, there is some discrepancies in... Some people say that this is the oldest footage of a Sasquatch, Bigfoot, cryptid. But the actual footage that is referenced in this case actually didn't happen till almost 10 years after the first sighting. So mm. let's get that out of the way first. Yeah, and actually the man that took the film didn't even release it. So no. it was not, you know, oh, he faked it to get fame. No, he literally died and they found it in his belongings. Yeah, years later. Yeah. like, And we'll get to that. But yeah, it's... I, sorry, I didn't mean to... Oh, no, no, no. But yeah, it's not... This was not widely known at the time. And so... Honey Island Swamp is roughly 27 miles in length, 7 miles wide. The northern portion of the swamp consists of a vast pine forest, and it is actually part of the, and I'm going to absolutely murder this, the Bogshito National Wildlife Refuge. The Bogshito? The middle and bottom portions of the swamp are basically the floodplain for the Pearl River. And those sections of the swamp are managed by the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries. 70,000 acres of the swamp land is permanently protected. There are very few roads into the area, and most of it is only accessible by boat or Airboat, man. foot. I'm yeah. Wa- I've always wanted to get on one of those. P-rogues. The area is a haven for... Wildlife such as alligators, hogs, rabbit squirrels, fish, birds. Rabbit squirrels. What the rabbit squirrels. <laughs> Rabbits. <laughs> squirrels. What the fuck is a rabbit squirrel? And at one time, there was a huge population of Florida panthers. In Louisiana? Yeah. And I wondered how that happened. How they get from Florida to Louisiana? They swim at Gulf. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably a hurricane bring them in. That's true. But some people believe that the darkest parts of the swamp, part several little shit. <laughs> Leave that in. That's, cl- that's Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Pl- that's, that's great. Part seldom traveled by man lives a monster. And <laughs> I mean, 20, 27 miles by 7 miles is plenty of fucking space for a fucking animal. Uh, uh, community of animals to live without being seen. The creature is described as a bipedal seven foot tall with either gray or brown hair and yellow or red eyes, usually accompanied by a foul 
smell. Well, of course it is. It's a fucking swamp, and it's a damn seven-foot-tall, hairy fucking creature. Yes. It's gonna stink. Now, this is supposedly a Sasquatch that has a very odd trait. Well, being I think being a Sasquatch would be a very odd trait. <laughs> yes, that is true. <laughs> the oddest trait is the footprints. And the footprints are not your normal human-looking footprints. These are a three-toed, sometimes webbed three toes. And it looks similar to what a lot of people would say would be a massive alligator. But in dimensions only is what I would say. We will post some pictures of the actual cast. And they don't look like no alligator I ever saw. You got all them teeth and no toothbrush. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Your mama's wrong. <laughs> She's not wrong. <laughs> you wrong, Colonel Sanders. Reportedly, this creature weighs over 500 pounds, and some people refer to it as the Louisiana Wookiee. Not Nookie, the Wookiee. Now, depending on what research you do, in all seriousness, this sometimes gets confused with the Rougarou, and these are two different cryptids. If the, the fucking Rougarou is out there, no fucking thank you. Yeah, and we'll probably touch on the Rougarou like later. That's like a werewolf, all right? He's a shapeshifter. Oh, that's like the Wendigo. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with the Mandingo. How'd you women and children? <laughs> but. All right, so that is the description of the Honey Island Swamp Monster. The actual legend of this creature, and this is a doozy, boys and girls, states that the old wives' tale from the area says that in the turn of the 20th century, this creature was born from the love triangle of a chimpanzee and an alligator. Oh, I know, this one gets... I wanted to put this in here just because it's so stupid, but... According to the legend, How would that even work? I don't know. According to the legend, a train, a circus train. Oh, not a not a, not the train you got your eyes all wide for there, coach. A train full of exotic animals was traveling through the bayou <laughs> and derailed in the area, and the animals fled into the swamp of Honey Island. Oh my God! It gets better. While most of the animals would soon meet their demise at the hands of the nasty alligators. The legend says that there was a troop of chimpanzees that took to the trees. And they even interbred with them there alligators. The result was a colony of reptilian-like mammals. They've been blamed for missing people and mutilated stock. Livestock, that is. <laughs> We're gonna get, like, that has got to be like the worst. I know, that's why I wanted to include it. No, if I'm talking you about your accent. <laughs> If you got, that's why I wanted to include it. If you got drunk and smoke crack, I don't think you could come up with a more fucked up accent, accent or story. <laughs> now there is a man, in all honesty, named Ted Williams, not the baseball player, and there is uh, some YouTube videos of him, and he is a matter of fact man, and he says that he had had many run-ins with the Swamp Island creature and a lot of the people that live down there refuse to call it a monster 
because like Mr. Williams states here, I could have killed them, but I didn't because they didn't seem to want to harm me. And when I first saw them, they looked real human-like. He goes on to say that the first time he, I ever saw it, it was standing plumb still like a stump. I stopped and realized it wasn't a stump and it wasn't supposed to be there. When I stopped, it ran. It was dark gray, about seven foot high, and it jumped the bayou. That was the first time I saw it. The next time I seen him, he was swimming the river, the Pearl River. Two of them. One was bigger than the other one and faster. And they swam just like humans with them long overhead strokes. I tried to get one of them to look back at me, and I couldn't. And the other one ran off. Looked too much like a human to me. Broad shoulders, arms hanging down below its knees. Hands looked almost like a human's. That's just like humans, right? Just like long arms. <laughs> hands, hands longer than knees? Yeah. Now, legend has it, and I have not researched this, but legend has <laughs> That's awesome. Legend has it that... We're going to put it on the podcast, but I ain't do shit. No, I didn't go searching for his demise, but it says oh. that Ted ventured into the swamp to set his trot lines on the Pearl River and has never been seen again. Well, maybe they did want to harm him. Yeah, maybe that's what I said. wrong. All right, now that we got all that bullshit out of the way, let's get into the actual factual stuff. I know. We're talking about a, a monster, and we're talking about factual stuff. Yeah, let's get to the facts of this legend. Now, let's stop pussyfooting around, man. Let's get to it. The facts are this. Supposedly, the creature was first sighted in 1963 by a man named Harlan Ford and his friend Billy Mills. They were searching for an old abandoned cabin, or as people in the area refer to it, a camp. Harlan was a retired air traffic controller, and he was flying one day looking for a good place to go hunting and noticed the island. He stated that there was a magnetic anomaly near the island because when he was flying near the area, his compass would spin. That's when he spotted the old camp. Mr. Ford and Mr. Mills reached a clearing where they were searching for the camp on foot. And this is when they spotted the creature. And the creature kept eye contact them and then turned and escaped into the swamp. Ford was on record stating the following, and I quote, It was nothing like I'd ever seen before. Yellow eyes, but a very human-looking face. And that was in 1963. They would have another sighting later that year, but there was no details that was different from what I just discussed. But in 1973, Harlan's granddaughter, Miss Dana Holyfield, stated that Harlan's uncle... Now, this is a retelling. I'm not saying that Dana was back in 1973. This is just a retelling that she was told. So in 1973, it, it was either... And I, I've seen both reports. It was either, it was either Harlan's brother or it was Harlan's son that was traveling down the bayou right at dusk in a boat and struck what they thought was a man swimming across the bayou. Mr. Ford turns around and starts yelling out, are you okay? Are you okay? And he says, quote, the man continues to swim to the shore, 
like nothing had happened and climbs out of the water. In quotation marks, he looks back nonchalantly and then walks into the woods. It was at that time I realized it was not a man. So they pull up where the creature or the man got out of the bayou and notice these strange footprints but no blood. So they backed the boat out and got the hell out of Dodge. Yeah, as I, as would I. Yes. The following year in 1974, Harlan and Billy Mills returned to the area on a duck hunting trip. No, that wouldn't happen. <laughs> well, you can tell it took them 10 years to go back. And the two found several dead boars with their throats torn out along the way to the camp. Which is a very effective killing method if yes. you're capable of doing it. Realizing the boars were too far from the water to have been killed by alligators... They began to suspect something else had killed them. And the suspicion was confirmed when they noticed the three-toed and webbed footprints around one of the boars. Rather than have a second run-in with the swamp monster, Mr. Ford and Mr. Mills decided that they weren't going duck hunting that day. And they turned around and got the fuck out of there. Yeah, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be returning to that area ever. Well, they got some liquid courage is what it sounds like, or they finally got some courage because later that night they went back and they actually made cast of the footprints. And this is the again that we'll post a picture of this, but this is the famous footprint of it's a black and white footprint of him and he's got several casts that he has nailed to a board showing the different size feet. They stated that Mills and Ford would go back to the area to hunt deer and boar and ducks, but they always barricaded the door to the camp so that nothing could get in. I don't know if I could even sleep knowing that there was footprints out there like that. No, not me, man. No. (laughs) And this was in 74. I want to say somehow it had gotten out, and I want to make this clear that Harlan Ford and Billy Mills never sought publicity about it. They just told their family that they had come across something. And I think word of mouth spread. and People talk, man. Yeah, and then it got to the news, and the papers started running stuff. And and Harlan was on record as stating that he didn't want it killed. He just wanted to know more about it. He was intrigued. Yeah, tranquilize that motherfucker. Drag him up. Yeah. Yeah. So... This is one of the last sightings around uh, Mr. Ford. His brother, Barry Ford, would actually tell the crew of the old In Search Of show with Leonard Nimoy. And you can watch this. It's on YouTube. We'll post a link to that on our social media pages. I would think, I would have to say that I think, looking back on my life, I'm pretty sure that was the show that got me interested in the paranormal. I'm I'm pretty sure that was the the earliest example of... I saw a great thing about why is the paranormal, cryptids, true crime so popular right now. Well, hell, we all grew up watching In Search Of, Unsolved Mysteries, all those shows. That's why, because we were all hooked. That, and there was a book in my middle school library that, um, I can't remember what it was called, but it had the story of Jeff... The talking uh, 
mongoose. And that just fascinated me. We'll have to. Oh, it's on our list for sure. But maybe um, we're gonna have to do an episode on him because that was the first thing I can remember paranormal that got me very interested. Barry tells the camera crew that at the time his wife, they are no longer married, and after this story you'll know why. Uh, says, and this is a direct quote from him. My wife and I were going on a fishing trip about four years ago, which would have put it in around 1970. And at about 9 p.m. that night, I heard this peculiar no- noise. It was a scream down the river. I'd say it was roughly about a half a mile away. My wife wanted me to build a fire, so I was out gathering wood. And I heard it scream again. This time, it was much closer, less than 300 yards away. That's when it really scared her. It scared me, but I tried not to let her know that it scared me. So I went ahead and kept building fires. And less than 10 minutes later, it screamed again, and this time it was right on top of us. It almost shook the leaves off the trees. Yeah. Now, there is an interview with the granddaughter, Dana Dana Shit. (laughs) Damn it. Dana Dana Shit. Dana, That's Dana. a weird fucking name for a person. Fuck me running. <laughs> Dana Dana shit. Dana Holyfield. And she would corroborate this story from the wife at the time. And the wife told her that she wasn't, she was scared, but she didn't, I, I guess let's back up. She was frightened. She was not scared until she saw Barry take a small tree and an axe and start fashioning a spear out of it. Out of a small tree. Now, here's my thing. If And this is not a knock on people in Louisiana at all. But oh. anybody from Louisiana will tell you... That they make the best food? That, too. That they always go into the bayou or the swamps with a gun. Oh, yeah. And, B, they always, when they see something, they don't know what it is... They shoot it, and the second question they ask is, can we eat it? <laughs> I try it. What's them big-ass rats that they brought in them that are in the bayous? Gopher rats? No, 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 no. These are them big old... Ah, oh, it starts with an N, I think. I can't think of it. Anyway, them fuckers eat them, nasty bastards. They eat rats in Louisiana? Yeah, what are they called? I think they're called That's Bullshit. No, I swear to God. It was on uh, that crazy bald guy on the Food Channel idiot that eats anything. Anthony Bourdain? No, no. Bald fucker, the, not dead. The, uh, Andrew Zimmern? Yes. Damn, dude. That's pretty harsh. Well, it took you too long to catch it. So. <laughs> but going back to Dana Holyfield, she said that the um, she had lived in California and then she come back and she had kind of started going through some of her granddad's old stuff and she got hooked on the story and so she started trying to pick out some of the stuff that he had done and all the old um, newspaper clippings. And one thing that I would like to say is there are several reports that Harlan Ford was a matter-of-fact man. He was not one to beat around the bush. If you wanted the answer, you asked him. If you didn't want the answer, don't ask him the question. And so when he told you something, it meant that it was what he believed was true. 
And so when he made those casts, anybody that ever came up to him asking about the story, if they were, you know, in the media or if they were just, you know, believers, he would all, if they asked for it, he would give them a copy of one of the prints. Now, I give you that little nugget to give you this nugget. I told you this story to tell you that story. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, they're saying that this whole thing is a hoax. No. Now, who would hoax something like this? And my thing is this. They're saying it's a hoax because they said this old guy, uh-huh. he found this shoe. And on this shoe was a prosthetic looking, I don't know how you'd even explain it. But basically, a three toed footprint? Yeah, yeah, but he had fashioned it to a shoe. Yeah, yeah. And so that's how they made the footprints in the swamp. Well, the problem with that is this. The, I think someone still has the shoe. The shoe is like two or three sizes smaller than Harlan and Billy would have had to be able to get their foot in. Yeah. So that kind of discredits it there. What also discredits it is, and this is not me, I'm just reporting facts here. <laughs> this was in 2003. This is Mr. M.K. MK Davis and... Uh, Which, if, if you're in the interested in uh, Bigfoot of any kind, there's two people you need to look up, and that is M.K. Davis and Thinker Thunker. Yes. They really break down these videos. And, and if they think it's bullshit, they'll tell you straight out, this one's fake as fuck. M.K. Davis, this wasn't even on a video. M.K. Mm -hmm. Davis based his hoax findings on the sheer fact that it was the shoe print. And this is from Fate Magazine, an article written by Brian White. It says, a Louisiana hoax. It says, Mr. M.K. Davis' presentation at the third annual Texas Bigfoot Conference in 2003 dealt with the Honey Island Swamp Monster, a Bigfoot-like denizen of Louisiana reported by an air traffic controller in the late 70s and featured in the television series In Search Of. M.K. had an unbelievable stroke of luck. He found a man who had recovered one of the shoes used to perpetrate the hoax for a hoax the story seems to have been. M.K. showed footage of the shoe with a three-toed clawed attachment to the bottom, which was presumably used to fake the tracks. The other shoe is unaccounted for, but the Honey Island Swamp Monster seems to have been exposed once and for all. Bearing in mind Mr. Lauren Coleman's earlier remarks that may have been sightings of some anomalous creature in the beginning, but the only available evidence points to a fraud. End quote. Now, here's where I have some problems with that. If M.K. Davis thinks it's a fake, it's a fake. Based off one shoe. It's a fake. I trust M.K. Davis. But you call bullshit on his theory of the massacre... He believes the massacre? He's the one that perpetrated that whole story. Well, then he's full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, that's... Yeah. There was no... Like, okay, so just to smarten you up, um, the... He's done... Hold on before you start this. He has done, and I will say this, he has done phenomenal 
work on breaking down the original Patterson Gimlin. So yes, he has. And I so mean, amazing. But here, here's the deal. Okay, so if you don't know the story behind the massacre, there's a rumor that when the Patterson Gimlin film was filmed, there was a shooting of multiple Bigfoots. So many that the water in the creek ran red. Yeah. That several Bigfoots were killed. And I just can't buy into that. Because what the... I mean, if you... No. You're not going to kill them and not present one. You're just not going to do it. I agree 100%. Because at the time... I mean, especially back then... No one would have raised a huge fuss about the fact that one was killed, but they would just be amazed at the fact that it was proven real. Right, and this is would be sixty. What was it? Sixty-seven, sixty-eight. So, yeah, sixty-seven. Um, I think. Um, yeah, not two thousand twenty, where they fucking skewer you, <laughs> put you up on a pike. <laughs> but yeah, nineteen sixty-seven America, they would have just been blown away at the fact that you proved one was real. So you're not gonna go kill them. You're not gonna murder several Sasquatches and not present one. That's just I just don't buy into that. No, and I have mixed, like I said, I have mixed reviews on M.K. Davis. I think he has done a lot of good with the Patterson Gimlin film, proving, stabilizing. But in the same thing, he he goes back to Honey Island, and he has thermal footage of some anomalous creatures in Honey Island Swamp. You better stop using that word because it's going to get harder. Anomalous. Yeah, the further we get. But there are. There's two huge videos out there. One of them is of a juvenile Sasquatch or Honey Island Swamp Monster. And then the other one is what appears to be an adult crawling through the swamp. I have not seen these videos. Yeah, I had a lot of free time act. Where are you know, they? During, they're on the YouTube. I figured if anybody knew about it, you would. Um. Now, is the footage of the Sasquatch tearing up the tree? Is that in Honey Island? No, in, I don't think it is. Swamp? I think that's actually in Florida. It probably is. Now, with that said, there's a lot of people that said this can't be a Bigfoot. But my thing is. A lot of your southern Sasquatches are... Country? Yeah, they got a couple <laughs> of teeth. No. A lot of them are in very wet environments. The uh, Skunk Ape in Florida are in the swamps of Florida. The Honey Island Swamp Monster, of course, is in the bayou. And so it would make sense that if something evolved, that it would evolve with something that would make it easier for them to succeed. Now we get into the actual film. And like we alluded to... It ain't great footage. No. It is not HD. No. It is a Super 8 film, and we'll post a picture of the actual camera that he used, and it's one of those that had the trigger to engage the film to record. And so there are some problems out there with the film... But I think that they can honestly be explained. So if you look it up, I think the total film's a minute and 30 seconds or a minute and 40 seconds. And the story behind it is, and this comes from Harlan's wife, she told 
the granddaughter Dana Holyfield that he would go out just about any time he could and scour the swamp looking for the creature and that he had made himself a deer blind on a dry part of the island and would take his camera out there hoping that he could catch footage of it. The footage is so, I guess, inconsequential that if you didn't know what you were looking for, you would probably miss it because there's no discernible features. It's kind of in the shadows, in the background, and it's maybe on film for what, Coach? Four or five seconds? Yeah. I mean, it's not very much. No, not, not, not long at all. Now, there are some negative things but with let, the film. But let me say this. So if the Sasquatch is real, which I believe he is, I give tons of credit to any person alive that has the balls to film it. Yeah. To stay there long enough to get it on tape. Because I'm telling you, I'm fucking gone. It'll be deuces, traces. <laughs> Ash cracking <and> heel prints. <laughs> I'm talking gone. I will say this, there, and we'll probably have to do a, a show or an episode on this. There are a lot of hunters that have had encounters that refuse to go back in the woods. Yeah, man. So, but anyway, let's it's get a, back to the film. It's a gigantopithecus, man. These are fucking seven to ten feet tall bipedal apes. They will fucking rip you in half like the juggernaut. Like, you don't understand how strong these motherfuckers have to be. This comes from a Bigfoot message board, and I have no idea where I found it, how I found it, but I found it. It's probably through Google. No, it was like, like click here to see this quote, and next thing I know, like people from corporate are probably calling, what is he doing on seven different, he's on 8chan, Jesus Christ. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> but anyway... It states that, uh, and this is a guy, he did not have a screen name. It just says, I have several problems with the film, but it's kind of sort of interesting. Seems like nothing is happening. Just a routine wildlife film. And then all of a sudden, it cuts and jumps around a bit. And these could be edits to the film. The film runs out not long afterwards. You don't get a very good look at the creature, but clearly there's something in the shadows. If it is not edits, it could be unintentional starts and stops. I have used 8mm cameras, and it's very easy for your finger to slip off the trigger. It really is very easy to do accidental quick cuts as the filmmaker tries to stabilize the camera. That is a very plausible scenario, but the problem is... Mr. Ford left no known notes or anything about this film. It was just an 8mm film in a box. He goes and on. That, that leads me to believe that it's a genuine thing. Because, like, like we've pointed out in our previous episode about Bigfoot, um, the people that do these hoaxes are in it for attention. They want to be seen. Like those guys, the guys in Georgia... They were on fucking CNN, had a press conference, and it was all bullshit. They just wanted to be seen. They wanted their 15 minutes of fame. The simple fact that this man had this in a random box and didn't tell anybody about it, it really lends credence 
to the fact that it's probably a, a genuine footage. And I, I mean, if you watch it, there are edits, and there are people that break. I think Thinker Thunker or Para Breakdown did a analogy of it. And the thing is, there is some jump cuts in the film, but it, like this gentleman said on the message board, it could be as easily explained as he's recording, thinks he sees something, it's not there. He hears something, he starts recording, thinking it's going to come out. There's nothing, and then he has to click it back on again. So you make your own decisions. But anyway, the gentleman goes on to say that he has more issues with the film. First, this guy who took the film was not a hoaxer personality. He was a no-nonsense type hunter guy who witnessed the creature once, and then a second time, and then, like many people, spent a lifetime in pursuit never to see it again. Until his old age when he shot the film, then he passed away not long afterwards. Well, maybe, maybe, just maybe, that he didn't tell anybody about this film because he thought it was such a bad hoax that nobody would believe it. That is one of the other theories out there. I guess the biggest question is, if he did suddenly decide to make a hoax, why would it be so obscure in the shadows and why would it be at the very tail end of the roll of film if you were going to hoax something wouldn't you make it more visible for longer in the middle of you know you would kind of stage it but this is kind of at your fleeting moments of the film roll of film and then it's not very discernible yeah would it make sense to plan it that way or are there edits? I don't I mean, I don't know. I just believe that a hoaxer would make it much more obvious. Wow. He would try to make it much more obvious. And they, a lot of the people that discredit the film says that he waited until 73 or 74 for the video footage because he could get his hands on a... Uh, ape suit much much easier than he could have in the 60s that may be true but again this is a no-nonsense guy that lives in the bayou that hunts fishes all of his life and and plus if it is a hoax he had to have sunk money into it like yeah and and he never he never tried to make a dime off of it like i want to go back to the footprint cast if you asked for him he would just give you one he wasn't trying to sell anything he wasn't reaching out to the media that's just my personal opinion now let's get again why would you why would you sink money into something to have four seconds of film you're gonna build you're gonna take the time and the, the money and the effort to construct a semi-real... I mean, it's a, if it's a suit, it's a pretty good suit. Yeah. For the time frame. For the for the time that it was filmed. So you're going to sink time, effort, and money into something, and you're going to have four seconds of footage, and you're not going to show anyone. Yeah, you're just going to bury it in a box with no, uh, newspaper clippings from the that 60s. That makes very little sense. Now let's get into the, the prop glued to a shoe. And I will say this. If whoever made that is still alive that is an embarrassment because well there have been there have been several reports I mean several proven instances of people hoaxing Bigfoot sh- uh, footprints true I agree with that one but... of the most fa- the the one of the reasons why 
they chose Bluff Creek was several footprints on the construction road, and that was proven to be a hoax because the fam the guy that sh- took the pictures when he died, his family come out and yeah said he had these big wooden cutouts. Yeah, and they sh- they had the cutouts. Yeah. So I mean, there have been uh, there have been plenty of hoaxes. The biggest thing that I have a problem with the shoe is if you're going to hoax it using something like that for starters it's in resin which would make it more realistic it would be a squishier scientific word there squishier Hmm. substance but they used finger bones from like a I hope not a cadaver but I hope just a like Halloween skeleton but why would you not use some kind of toes or get a couple of alligator feet and join them together because this was a gelatin resin type with baling wire and what appears to me looks like finger bones uh, fastened together. Mm -hmm. I guess the other thing is this man lived his entire life in the swamp. Wouldn't you think he could tell the difference and wouldn't you think that if he was trying to perpetuate a, a hoax, people from that area would also be able to tell the difference? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, honestly. And I just go back to if they're going to fake it, it's on a shoe that is like like three sizes too small for either man who have... Who found the footprints? Maybe it was a. Uh, maybe their wife did it. Maybe they. I guess. I mean, like that's a plausible theory, but damn. Well, I mean, just the simple fact that it is a three-toed, in some cases webbed, but it's supposedly a Sasquatch. I mean, come on. What? Well, I mean, maybe they just figured, hey, we'll do it this way, and. Make it its own thing, and they decided that three toes made sense. I don't know. I I just have a. I just feel like he he may have been hoaxed. I don't think he was the hoaxer. So someone and made, made fake footprints to keep them someone, away from their. Someone had a monkey suit hunting area, and they're the, walking around in Louisiana, Louisiana, where your ass can die. Like. Still balls. When they filmed um, Return of the Jedi in the Pacific Northwest, they had handlers walk around with Chewbacca wearing orange uh, vests for fear that somebody's going to shoot his ass. And that was in Oregon. Just imagine if that was in Louisiana. Louisiana? Chewie would have been dead. Yeah. Orange vest or not. Can we eat it? This is the South. I mean, it's the South. It's all it needs to be said. It's all you need to say. We're different. We eat shit we most people can eat. They'll kill you. <laughs> Hunters don't fuck around in this in the, in the South, man. They they will they will kill you. They will stuff you. 
and they will mount you on their fucking wall. You'd, it would be very, very unwise to walk around in a uh, southern Louisiana swamp in a fucking monkey suit. Nutria rats in Louisiana. They will fucking shoot them, kill them, and it feed them to your ass. Zimmerman ate them. I'll try it. Fuck that shit. Man, I would li- any meat on the planet, I would mm-hmm. try it once. Have you seen the new thing? People are cooking fucking armadillos. I'll eat an armadillo? Fuck that. You know what? No bullshit. You know what? It's... <clears throat> I'm gonna get they're gonna get some hate from this one, but it's about time you come to the island. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to try bald eagle. Yeah, there's that website where you can order shit from exoticmeats.com. Yeah. You can literally almost get anything. Anything, giraffe. Yeah, yeah, weird shit that you wouldn't even think about. But bald eagle, you they will fucking put you underneath the jail. You yeah, you can't eat. even have a feather. No, you really can't. I know. That's what I'm saying. When we went to Alaska, they were talking. We were at a, a raptor sanctuary where they had injured birds. And they said, we got to go in there every day and pick up every single solitary one of these feathers. And we have to turn them over to the state government to give to the Inuit tribes for their ceremonies and stuff. Because they use them. But uh, they use them in ceremonies, whatever they use them for. But they can't acquire them. Illegally. Illegally, yeah. yeah. It's fucked up. It is crazy. But in Alaska, when we got off the boat, man, we're like, oh my God, it's a bald eagle, man. That's so beautiful. They're like fucking pigeons up there. Yeah, they're everywhere. <laughs> they're everywhere. <laughs> it's hard It's hard to believe they're endangered if you've ever been to Alaska. So, anyway. Let's get back on the old... Uh, yeah, let's talk about the case, man. We've got a lot of trailing off today. <laughs> but I don't care. But it's been a couple of weeks. I'm in a good mood. I am too. I think our listeners are going to listen no matter what. Now... All 12 of them. Yeah. Going back to Mr. Ford, I, I, I just... I don't know the man personally. Well, he's I dead. feel like that I know, you can't know him. men like him that if this happened to... Well, it's like uh, it's like the the guy we worked with that had his own sighting. We're not gonna, we wouldn't doubt him for a second. No, he certainly a he's not a liar to begin with. B he wasn't a type of person that would make a joke like mm-hmm. that. Not like that. No, and he wouldn't tell us if it wasn't if he wasn't if he didn't feel it was real. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You would never even heard of it Mm-mm. because at the very least you're risking. To tell people something like that, you're risking their their um, opinion of you at the very least. And that's the thing that I, I saw with an interview with that Mr. Ted Williams. He said that he doesn't tell his stories very often because when you do speak of stuff like this, there's a 50-50 chance people will look at you like you're crazy. He said, and I know I'm not crazy and I know what the hell I saw. Yeah. And I just feel like that generation back in the 60s, early 70s, at their age, I'm not saying that there wasn't hoaxers out there, but again, I go back to the fact that this man never made a dime off of anything. Yeah. He didn't sell the cast. He didn't make it a a tourist trap or anything like that. Now, his granddaughter has created Honey Island Swamp Tours with her son and... She has written a couple of books. They're available on Amazon, and I think she's done a 
couple of Is documentaries. There anything not available on Amazon? No, you can buy a casket on Amazon. Dude, you can get a fifty-five gallon drummer from Maldives. Yeah, we we discussed that <laughs> yeah, in one of our previous yeah, episodes, did. one of our longer episodes that was. Yeah. The audio is horrible, but it, but anyway. <laughs> I think that's the name of our podcast. Audio is horrible. Mysterious Bruce slash horrible audio. But I don't know. I I just feel like now I I know where I was going to go. Let's go back to the uh, he was hoaxed. If he was hoaxed, it was someone trying to keep him away from that area because of the hunting. Bro, game. They didn't hoax him. Nobody's just going to randomly hoax a a dude. It's just stupid. It's just, especially, especially in the South. That's just stupid. That's a great way to get shot. Die. Yeah, that's a great. I mean, an absolute magnificent way to get shot. Plus seventy five percent of way of yeah having bullets in you. Yeah, I mean, if you're pro getting shot, dress up like a fucking Bigfoot and walk around. Speaking of which, uh oh, yeah, another gentleman that we work with who has a twin brother. They decided to go in together and buy a Sasquatch suit and walk around the golf course that the one that we worked with lives on. That's too many unnamed people. And they will <laughs> Why wait. Why you whisper that? You can just edit it. I know, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> but they will like wait till cars are coming in and like walk across the road. And I'm like, do y'all realize where you live? You'll get hit. Not only are you going to get hit... You're going to get fucking shot. Somebody's going to hit you. Why have you just discovered this Sasquatch? Yeah. I said, you're dead ass. I I just kept looking at it. I was like, I hope it's worth it. I really hope it's worth it. That's just stupid. All right. So that's basically the case. Uh, There are several uh, more modern sightings. There is... Uh, I want to say it was like a 15-minute kind of overview of the Honey Island Swamp Monster. They interviewed several people, and I want to say this was the early 2000s, and then there was a uh, gentleman back in 2012 that they interviewed. Uh, one of the interviewees would be a, and she says on camera that she is an emergency room trauma nurse. And she doesn't get scared or frightened very often. But she saw something in the bayou she couldn't explain. And she believes she saw the Honey Island Swamp Monster. They interview a wildlife biologist who had his own sighting while out trying to do a bird count. Mm. And it took him several years to go back out there to do a bird count by himself. So again... Like Coach alluded to in the opening, that is a very, very large area. Now, one of the conspiracy theories is that NASA owns land that borders the Honey Island Swamp. And you know, like everything else, the government, they done been experimenting oh, in something. Here ex- we go. Ex- escaped from their clutches and they's out in the swamp and they feeding them hogs. No. I think NASA does own some land out there, but that's not it. There are several Cajuns online in different videos that have had uh, run-ins with something that they can't explain. 
and most of them will at the beginning of the the video or the interview are on record as saying i thought people that said this creature was real was full of shit but i'll tell you what they ate Hmm. now there is a video and i call bullshit on this one where supposedly there's it sounds like there's two women at least one man maybe two men and they're in the bayou looking for something and it's almost like a canned recording that they say they are hearing and it's just too much bullshit for me Mm -hmm. but again there's several things out there just get on youtube google honey island swamp monster we're going to put some links to some things out there the actual footage we'll put some links to some articles that were written that kind of go over the synopsis of the the original sightings and then of course we'll post our pictures i highly recommend abita's hop on i I'm quite impressed. I'm not a huge fan of Abita, but th- that was pretty good. I do like that one. I like the uh, Hop 99. It is their light IPA. And then I also like their uh, strawberry lager. It is very, very light and refreshing. Hmm. With that, okay. let's get into our, our theories, I guess, are our conclusions. Well, I mean... The three toes thing is very confusing to me. I do want to believe, because I clearly do believe in a Sasquatch, but the rumor of it being the fucking monkey thing is bullshit, but it is rumored that it's a reptilian. It's a hairy reptile, which would be the first of its kind. And I think that... That wouldn't make a whole lot of sense, that it's a hairy reptile. I think what would make more sense is the fact that over time, it evolved to have the three toes. Yeah, I would agree with you there. Because of the wet um, environment. environment. But the three toes thing is very confusing to me, so that's what I'm going to go with. it it? It is a real Sasquatch. That over time evolved to have three toes with Webby. Was Boggy Creek, did that one have three toes? I don't think so. There was another one that somewhere that had three toes, and I can't remember what it was. I don't know, but it's very strange. It is very strange. You would think, if, that is, if that's the truth, that the skunk ape in Florida would have the same thing. True. Because it's a swamp area as well. Has anybody ever seen footprints of it? Do you know? I'm sure they have. I've never There's researched those famous, that part of it. There's those famous photos of yeah. the woman that took, it looks like a... Fucking chimpanzee that... No, no like I an mean orangutan. Orangutan, sorry. Yeah, yeah I, I kind of am on the same boat as you. I want to believe, because I believe that there are some things out there that we are not aware of. And plus, I mean, Dude. it's 22 miles by 7 miles. Oh, I thought it was 27 miles. I said that earlier. So it's 22 miles? Uh, Whatever it is. Yeah, it's, it's fucking It's over huge. 20 miles long and, and it's seven, seven miles, miles wide. wide. That's plenty of fucking space. Yeah. In plenty. The, in the, for an uninhabited area that humans don't live, that's plenty of space for yeah. a fucking uh, small population to breed to thrive. And that and, may be... Uh, that's a good point. I didn't think about this till you just verbalized it. But that may be a thing. The three toes may be a, a result of interbreeding. You know, because, you know, the Florida panther started getting... What was it? A hook in its tail? Because there was an... It started interbreeding because the population was so low. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
clearly, if there is a population of these creatures, clearly it's very small. So there has to be inbreeding. Has to be. And that's something you probably don't want to fucking walk up on. No. <laughs> Two Sasquatches just getting it on is probably a very scary yes. fucking thing. But, I mean, I, I clearly believe in evolution. You You look at dogs and the way we've bred dogs over a period of time. We completely manipulated them to be all those different. Every breed of dog evolved from a wolf. And now we got fucking pugs and corgis and chihuahuas. Yeah. <laughs> like Hairless cats. <laughs> what? <laughs> fucking kills me about hairless cats. Hey, I got a buddy that's got a hairless cat. That's dude. fine if he has one. I just don't understand that it. Motherf- it ain't my cup of tea, that buddy. That motherfucker loves that cat. People that have them do love them. So, yeah, I mean... The three toes thing would I would uh, I would think would be more of an evolutionary thing, rather than a hairy reptile that's bipedal. I just I don't know. I can sit here and say, well, I believe in Bigfoot, but I don't believe in a in a hairy in a reptile. Three toe, yeah. Like I mean, come on, like that's uh. <laughs> it is a little well. I you can't I you can't pick and choose. What cryptids you believe in? You know what I'm saying? It's, it's one. It's all for one, one for all, man. If you believe in one, you believe in all of them. That's true. Uh, let's get into our recommendations, and I'm going to actually go against the grain, mm. and I'm going to recommend. I I cannot remember the lady's name, and I do apologize, but she uh, watched a TED talk on her. She had 40 years in education. Mm-hmm. She came from a family of educators, and her grandparents were educators. And she said that she was given the worst of the worst one year in, in school. And that she decided that that year she was going to try to find something positive to say every day. And so the first day of school, she walked in there, and there was 12 kids in there. Low-functioning you know, remedial, oh, yeah. special ed. And she gave this speech about how they had been chosen and they had been given to her because she's the best teacher and they were the best students in their specific areas and they wanted all of them in the same class. And she said that they kind of, you know, kind of looked around the room and was like, I, I know some of these people. We ain't special. <laughs> she said exactly what I would think. I'm like, this is bullshit, <laughs> boy. She said, but it's one of those things where you speak it. They picked the wrong motherfucker yeah. in this class. Like, I ain't. She said the more she spoke it, the more you could see them believing that they were special in the sense that it was opposite from the reasons they had been special in the past. And so she said that she gave this. She said, I had this. Mm-hmm great lesson she said i killed the lesson everybody was jacked up about it so i give a quiz there's 20 questions and most people do good but i had one student and out of 20 he got 18 wrong and she said i put plus two on there and she said i gave it back the next day and he's like miss so-and-so what's this plus two What's that mean? She said, it means you got 18 wrong. He said, well, damn, there's only 20 of them. And she said, I know, baby, but you didn't miss them all. You got two of them right. And next time, if I gave it to you again, I bet you'd get more than two right. This time, he said, you're right. I didn't get them all wrong. And I bet I could. And so I 
and my biggest takeaway from this, and I just just being a teacher, I guess, is we're so quick to put how many they missed on there. Just imagine if we just put the number they got right, just you know, as a for a month. I wonder what it would do because I've never done that before, and it really made me think. What if we did concentrate as teachers and educators? What if we did concentrate on the positives? Hey, man, you got six out of ten right. Not you made a sixty. You know. Mm-hmm. So that's my my recommendation. Just well, be a better human being. Oh, okay. I was like, well, <laughs> yeah. Where you tied up, buddy? I know. I hit the high note on that. I had to cut that out. God damn. It hurts. I'm telling loud. you, these motherfuckers are sensitive tonight. Yeah. Yeah, peckerhead. But anyway, go ahead with. Um. <laughs> well, since you again, next time you want to get all deep and shit, let me go first, asshole. <laughs> no, I really like <laughs> the ending of it. like. <laughs> well, I'm gonna recommend YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're getting all philosophical and shit. Anyway, this is actually on Amazon Prime. But it started off as a YouTube page, and our good friends at the Crypto Podcast did an episode, a complete episode on this um, series, and it was really good. So it got me interested. I started watching. It. It's called Hellier. Yes, I've watched Hellier. Yeah, have you? I'm just like I'm just on like you on season one or two, dude. I'm like on first episode, but of season one. Yeah. Oh, dude, it is amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's my recommendation. It did start as a YouTube page. Yes, it started, and, and then Amazon picked picked it up. Yeah, but it was on. Primetime broadcast TV. Season one was. Now, season two was strictly Amazon. Oh, I didn't know that. But yeah, I'm. I love that show, dude. I'm getting into it. I love that show. We're going to see what it's all about. But uh, our friends at Crypto Podcast, they talked about, they did a little blurb about Indrid Cold. Look him up. I want to do an episode on him. And um, one of the members of that podcast got a voicemail. And all it said was the word cold. Fuck that I swear. Shit. Look it up. It's, it's on. Uh, look it up on your. So that's kind of a twofer. I'm re-recommending Crypto. It's pretty good. Um, they're getting into the weird stuff, which I like. So, And then look up Hellier, man. It's a good show. Gonna... It is a good show. I, I would second your recommendation there. So that's uh, that's my stuff. So uh, I guess there's just one. Is it? Well, usually... Oh, I know what it is. Uh, deuces.